You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. I want to uh, share with you this morning a story that probably most of you are very familiar with, and you think you know the whole story, but there's a little element within the story that might be new information um, to you. As it made its maiden voyage from England to the United States on April the 15th, 1912, the Titanic sunk after hitting an iceberg. Most people think that that is the reason why the Titanic sunk, but actually there is a second reason why it sunk. In fact, it's probably the primary reason why the Titanic sunk. On April 14th, the day before, when Officer David Blair was reassigned, instead of putting a key back in the crow's nest locker, he kept the key inside of his pocket. Inside that locker was a set of binoculars that the officers would use when they went up to the highest lookout point on the ship. Because that key was missing that day, the officer that was assigned to the crow's nest on April the 15th was only able to look out over the ocean with his natural eyes. And therefore, he saw the iceberg too late in order to miss it. Over 1,500 people's lives were tragically affected because of a missing key. I'd like to suggest to us this morning that there are many people in the body of Christ today that are not experiencing the full flow of God's blessings, His grace, His wisdom, His favor, um, His goodness, because of a missing key in their life. And that key is gratitude. Living with an attitude of gratitude um, will open our life to more life. It positions us uh, for God to work in a greater way within our lives. Gratitude changes our lives spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. How many of you would say that you are a thankful person? You would define yourself with that. Now, I see some, a couple of people nudging the person next to them saying, put your hand down. Um, I think most of us would say that we're thankful people. But one of the things that I've learned while preparing this message is, is that there's a difference between being thankful and giving thanks. There's a difference. We're told 73 times in scripture to give thanks. We can be thankful in our hearts, but if we never open our mouths and express our gratitude, we're not giving thanks. So one of the first things that I want to do this morning is a little expression of gratitude. I'd like for you to take out the insert that was in your worship guide this morning. So if everybody would grab that insert want to just walk you through a couple of things. First of all, look on uh, the side that says, thanks for giving. These are a, this is a list of how your partnership at Grace has been able to make a difference in the lives of our, our neighbors and also people in the world. This is very people-oriented. If you turn the insert over, this lists all the ministry organizations that we have been able to impact this year 
because of your time and your talents. This is a phenomenal list. I don't know many churches that are able to reach out and make a difference to this many uh, local and global organizations. So I want to say thank you. Thank you to each one of you for living. Yes, I applaud you. Thank you for living your life in such a way that you live beyond yourself. We could not make the impact that this sheet represents if you were not a group of people who lived with open hands and if you did not live with a kingdom mindset. So I just want to thank you on behalf of all of these individuals. Thank you for living beyond yourself. I also want you to look down at the very bottom of the side that says thanks for giving because there's a very important number at the bottom of this. That number is 336. That number represents environments that you have created that have allowed people to open their hearts to Jesus. We have had 336 decisions for Christ this year through the ministries of Grace Covenant. So thank you for making eternal difference in people's lives. Thank you. Not only do I um, want to say thank you to you, but I think you would want to join me in saying thank you to the Lord. So can we just say, express our appreciation to him? Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for gracing us, Lord God. Thank you for giving us the ability to live beyond ourselves. Thank you for flowing your blessings to us so that we might pour out blessings to others. Lord, we thank you for the ways that you have directed us and guided us to make a difference in people's lives. I thank you for the DNA that you have implanted in Grace Covenant, Lord, that we can never outgive you. I thank you, Lord, that we are a church of generosity and not scarcity. I thank you, Lord, that we get great joy of um, making an impact and a difference in people's lives. That comes from your Holy Spirit that ministers to us. So thank you, Lord, for helping us live bigger than ourselves. In Jesus' name, would you just give the Lord a little applause, a thank you offering? Our text for today is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. So if you want to go ahead and, and find that, um, it's nice and short. You're going to be able to memorize three verses of the Bible today because um, they're all really short verses. It's important to remember that 1 Thessalonians is actually a letter written to a very early church. The church of Thessalonica has not been formed for very long, only a couple years. And the people in that church body have become very confused and discouraged because they were expecting the return of the Lord quickly. And he hasn't returned yet. So Paul writes a letter to encourage them and to exhort them on how to live in light of the coming of Jesus. That no one knows when that day will be, but that he is returning. And that they need to live lives in such a way that they are awaiting the return of Christ. So these verses here is just part of many verses where he is ex exhorting them on how to live. So he writes, in fact, I want us to read this together this morning. Um, let's read this verse together. Be joyful always. 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you have been wondering what the will of God is for your life. You just got an answer to that. In fact, let's read it again, and you'll hear his will for you. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I have to wonder if when Paul penned this letter, if he was actually reflecting on the words of the psalmist that he would have been very familiar with. In Psalms 34, the psalmist writes, I will, and you can join me if you know this verse, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Um, Gratitude is an attitude that we have to choose to release many times on an hourly basis. You may not be able to change your situation, but you can always choose your attitude within a situation. Amen? Expressing gratitude should mark the life of a believer. When people describe us, they should say things like, oh yeah, I know him, I know her. Man, have you ever noticed? They are like just grateful all the time. Like they express so much gratitude or wow, yeah, I know him or her. They seem to always be thankful. That should be how people see us. On the other side of the coin, we don't want to be described as ungrateful people. That's the opposite of gratitude, ingratitude. Ingratitude sounds like complaining, grumbling, fight-folding, entitlement, and negativity. Ungratefulness is socially unbecoming and spiritually limiting. Ungratefulness, when we were singing about those chains This morning, what came to my mind was, Lord, help people lay down the chains of ungratefulness. Because ungratefulness binds us and constricts the flow of God's blessings to our lives. Now, I realize that not... That, that those of you gathered here today because it's Sunday, you got up, you came to church, you are not the group of people that struggle with ungratefulness. Um, but maybe you have a grouchy friend or a selfish family member, and they need to be reminded about ungratefulness and that it is not the lifestyle that God blesses. In fact, they need to be reminded of the story in Exodus chapter 15. You know, we read there that after the Israelites are liberated from Egypt, God has done this amazing set of miracles to deliver them. And then God defeats Pharaoh um, handsomely. And then he brings them through the Red Sea. And they're on the other side. And they, when they get to the other side, they spend a night of just dancing and singing and celebrating. I mean, they are just getting down, right? They are just, but it's just a huge celebration. And it's interesting to me that after this immense celebration and all of this rejoicing, Within just three days, they're complaining about everything. They're complaining about their food. They're complaining about their water. They're complaining about inconveniences. They're complaining about their leader. In just the span of a couple of days, 
the deliverance they were rejoicing about, they're now grumbling about. And we give them a hard time for that as we read their story. But, you know, we're kind of guilty of the same thing. We um, pray and pray, oh, God, just give me a mate, give me a spouse. We meet them. We're like, oh, God, they're fabulous. They're wonderful. There's nothing wrong. Oh, isn't that a cute way that they do that? Oh, isn't that just adorable? Oh, God, what a great guy. Oh, God, you get married, you have the wedding, and six months later, three months later, We're making a list of all the things they need to change, right? And we're going to the prayer circle saying, would you pray for my spouse? (laughs) Right? Now, Walt, I never, ever did that. Never. (laughs) It's been 28 years of absolute bliss, baby. (laughs) We do it. We do it because it's our natural inclination. We are drawn towards ungratefulness. We are drawn towards complaining. Gratitude doesn't flow through us naturally. It's something of the spirit um, that has to change within us. We do well to remember that an 11-day journey through the wilderness took the Israelites 40 years because of ungratefulness. Ingratitude costs us the blessings of God. As people redeemed and restored by Jesus Christ, we can do what Paul said. We can rejoice always because we are people with hope. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can give thanks thanks we can be joyful always because we are people who are grounded in the knowledge that we are carriers of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is our wisdom the Holy Spirit is our guide the Holy Spirit is our wonderful counselor and he is at hand and operating in our lives continually we are rooted in the hope of knowing who our father is knowing who our creator is that he is faithful always that he is just he is righteous he is merciful and he is full of compassion when we live with that kind of hope we can rejoice always now paul goes on to exhort us next he says Live gratefully by praying continually. Now what Paul is not saying is he's not saying quit your job and start a 24-7 prayer room in your house and spend all day and all night on your knees. That's not what he's talking about. I think when he said this, he was reflecting upon his life as a Jewish man. Before he came to Christ, Paul was a devout Jewish man. And one of the things that would have been in his life, part of his life, would have been the 18 benedictions. Jewish people at that particular time um, lived out these 18 benedictions every day. What would happen is when they rose in the morning, they would recite 18 times, um, Blessed are you, God. Blessed are you, God. Blessed are you, God. Then when it got to noon, they would recite another 18 times. Blessed are you, God. Blessed are you, God. 
Blessed are you, God. Some of you are really happy that I'm stopping at the third time. <laughs> then when they got to dinner, when they got into the evening, they would recite 18 times. Blessed are you, God. Blessed are you, God. And then on the Sabbath day, they'd throw a fourth time in for good measure. So in other words, Paul was saying, I want you to develop this um, habit of prayer that you are expressing your gratitude continually throughout the day and evening. Now, psychologists say the best way to break a bad habit is to start a new habit. So to break the habit of complaining or grumbling or other forms of ungratefulness, maybe we should set our Outlook calendars for three times a day and just take 18 seconds to stop and just say, Lord, blessed are you, O Lord, and thank you for being alive in my life today. Can you imagine if we did that three times a day for 18 seconds? Not necessarily saying it 18 times, just 18 seconds. If we did that repeatedly throughout our day, can you imagine how our outlook and perspective on things would change? Can you imagine how the environment at our workplace or our home or in our car, whatever would begin to change? What if we changed our prayer habits from asking for this, asking for that, asking for this, asking for that, and our prayer life turned more into a thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for what you're able to do. Thank you, God, for being present. Thank you, God, for working on this. Imagine what our faith perspective would be like if we stopped asking more than we gave thanks. Things would change. Things would change in our lives and in our families. I'm confident of it. Now, if praying continually is staying connected to Jesus, and Jesus is the Word, then how do we pray prayers of gratitude using the Word? A couple of weeks ago, have you ever? A couple of weeks ago, I just found myself wanting to express myself to the Lord freshly. Have you ever just kind of got bored with your own vocabulary? You know, you're like trying to tell God that how much you love him and everything. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I've said this so many times. I just wanted a fresh way to express my appreciation. So I went to um, Psalm 32, not because I was brilliant, but because that was the psalm I was reading that day. And um, this is what the psalmist wrote. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. Dropping down. Um, you are my hiding place, O Lord. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you are who are upright in heart. And so when I finished reading that, I just repeated back to the Lord his words and I made it a prayer of gratitude and you can do the same thing. And this is what it sounds like, praying the word. 
Thank you, Lord, that I am blessed because I am a person whose transgressions have been forgiven, whose sins are covered. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that does not count my sins against me. Lord, I am so grateful that you are my hiding place, that I can run to you and sit in the place of your presence and be quiet and be still because you are protecting me from all trouble. Lord, I am grateful that you surround me with songs of deliverance. I cannot hear them, but I am grateful for them. Lord, I thank you that you instruct me. Lord, I thank you that as I enter into this day, you are my counsel. Lord, I thank you that your loving, your unfailing love surrounds me because I trust in you. Lord, I rejoice in you and I am glad to know you because you are righteous. Today, this morning, I sing because I I am upright in my heart with you. Lord, thank you for who I am to you and who you are to me. Amen. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful way to start your day by giving him praise. Could you just sense faith rising as you heard those words? Could you sense an atmosphere of praise and faith as I spoke the words of God himself back to him? If you want to um, enjoy a blessed life and the blessings of God, I'm telling you a key to that is learning to pray prayer, prayers of gratitude right from the Word of God. You can take most psalms in the 90s and the 100s and turn them in to prayers of gratitude. Lastly, Paul advises us, give thanks in all circumstances. How many circumstances? All. all. Not 50%, but all. It's important for me at this moment to say, I understand that there are people in this room today that are struggling with a very serious life issue. I understand that there's a, there are those of us in the room today that are going through some very trying times. And when you hear that scripture to give thanks in all circumstances, you're probably your immediate thought is you have no idea what you're asking me to do. But I do believe and I understand that not every circumstance is good. However, there is goodness all around us, even when we're dealing with a difficult circumstance. We need to develop and cultivate eyesight that looks for the good in the midst of difficult circumstances. I was, um, I have been blessed in my life to um, lead somewhere over 50 mission trips. And I think one of the reasons that the Lord placed me in missions at the mid-season of my life was because I needed to be reminded on a regular basis how incredibly blessed I am. I needed that infusion of seeing the world for what it really is and realizing how blessed I am. Because I have this gravitational pull to look at the problems, to look at the lack, and not always count my blessings. Well, out of all of those trips, and I, I really don't know how many it is, but I know it's over 50, 
One of the most meaningful moments to me personally was during a mission trip to South Africa. We had, at very last minute, um, we were invited to join a lady um, in the garbage uh, landfill in Joburg, which is massive. It's miles and miles uh, large. Pastor Gina. And um, when we went there, people had literally carved out caves within the landfill, heaps of garbage and debris. Shacks were built out of cardboard, tin, corrugated board, all kinds of stuff. And she had a feeding um, soup out of the back of cars and trucks, and then she was going to have a service. And I thought, who in the world is going to come to the service? So we fed a couple hundred people, and then we had service. And she uh, gathered everybody into rings of circles. And the circles were about four deep, and I would say there was probably 300, 250 to 300 people at a worship service living in the landfill. At one point in the service, she called for, she said, it's time for our tithes and offerings. And I was just like, I cannot believe she's doing this. What, what do these people have to give? She took her Bible, she set it in the dirt of this big circle, set it down in the dirt. I looked and looked for a picture of this, and I've misplaced it. Put it in the dirt. They began to sing in only a way that the Africans can with no instruments, but God has just given them these incredible instruments called the voice. And on her Bible, people started making their way as they sang, Great is your faithfulness. And they laid down a sugar packet, a lifesaver, a piece of gum, a pencil, hundreds of people. There was one person who took a thread off of their clothing and laid the thread on that Bible. And I was so ashamed of my ungratefulness. I, was, I felt the weight of Isaiah when he said, Oh, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Because I realized that so much of what I complain about and grumble about is so trivial. So trivial. We in the United States of America, the most prosperous nation in the world, are blessed. We are blessed. And we have much, much, much to be grateful for. My sister has taught me a lot about gratitude. Several years ago, and some of you have prayed for her, several years ago, she was diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis. And um, it's very painful. It's a very difficult disease to have. And, um, and many times over the last six years, we thought that she was going to lose her life um, at any moment. Recently, she was visiting, and so I asked her how she's been able to develop this incredible um, heart of gratitude because she exudes it she exudes joy and thanksgiving all the time and she's in pain um, some days bedridden and I'm like how do you do that and what she shared with me was that 
it, during a very, very dark moment of her illness a couple of years ago, she asked the Lord to open her eyes to the blessings that were all around her. And so she started the days that she could get out of bed and take a shower, she would just thank the Lord for the warmth of the shower water or the smell of the soap. And then on her way back to bed, she would thank him for the energy to get a shower that day. If uh, she was able to eat on a given day, she'd give the Lord thanks for the ability to feed herself. And some days she had enough energy to walk to the mailbox. The pain would subside enough, the nausea would subside enough that she was able to make it to the mailbox. And she said, I would just give the Lord thanks for the birds and the song that they were singing or the smell of the air or that my legs worked enough to get me to the mailbox and back. You see, she started to count her blessings and not her losses. She developed an eyesight to see um, what God was doing in her midst and not just looking at what she lacked. In the midst of a less than desirable situation, she cultivated a heart of gratitude by finding something to be grateful for. My friends, there is always something to be grateful for. You've got a body part that was working this morning. You had, I mean, your spouse and your children did something right this week. That job that you've prayed for, there's something right going on in that company. And there's something, there's something beautiful around us all the time that we can give thanks for. But we have to cultivate it because of that gravitational pull. She told me that the more she gave thanks, the more she sensed the presence of God. And isn't that the blessing that we really long for? Isn't that the greatest blessing that the Lord gives us is his presence? The psalmist said in Psalm 22, verse 2, that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. What that tells me is that gratitude swings open the door to God's presence. But the same would tell me that ingratitude swings open the door to the enemy's presence. Who do you want inhabiting your life? Your words, your gratitude, or your ungratefulness will have a lot to do with which way the door opens. In just a couple of days, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. Now, some of you, panic just ran through you. Um, others of you are so excited. But I want to make a challenge to you this Thanksgiving. Whether you are gathering with many people or you are going to be by yourself, whether your table is bountiful or you have very little on it, I want to encourage you to turn your Thanksgiving day into a gratitude party. I want you, when you finish the meal, whether you're by yourself, maybe you grab a journal and you do this in a letter, if you're with people, just y'all just push back your plates a little bit and take time to celebrate the goodness of God. Express your thank, give thanks to the Lord for what he has been to you. Not so much concentrating on the stuff he's given you or what you've been able to do 
But take time to thank him for things like pulling you out of the pits when you needed it. Thank him for opening doors that no man could have opened. Thank him for the favor that he gave you in meetings or in difficult conversations. Thank you. Thank him that he has gone before you. Thank him that he has given you rest at night and a roof over your head, a pillow to put your head on, clean water to drink on a daily basis. Thank him that his goodness has showered over you, that his loving kindness is unending and will never be completed. Thank him that your sins have been forgiven. Thank him that his compassion flows to you on a regular basis and his mercy is good towards you. Take time to celebrate his goodness, his faithfulness to you. And then... When Thanksgiving is over and the stories are all finished, don't stop with Thanksgiving Day. Continue to express your gratitude to him on a daily basis. Set that alarm. Remind yourself to just take a few minutes every day and just thank him for being present in your life and for going before you and for counseling you and instructing you and helping you. In fact, if you really want to take a good challenge, do it 18 times, three times a day. And watch how the blessings of the Lord begin to flow more freely into your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and first, Lord, we confess that we struggle with grumbling. We confess that we struggle with complaining. Lord, we confess that our nature kind of pulls us towards the negative, and we forget to count our blessings. Lord, we don't want to just hold our thankfulness in our heart. We want to become expressors of our gratitude, Lord. Show us how to give you thanks more vibrantly, Lord. Um, Remind us when we start to open that door to ungratefulness, set a guard about our mouth and quicken us and help us to stop and catch what we're saying and help us turn those into phrases of gratefulness. Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. We want to give you praise for the simplest things and for the big things. Help us to become a grateful people. Lord, that would be so counterculture in a world that's full of so much criticism, so much complaining, so much negativity. Lord, we would truly stand out as followers of Jesus if our words, if our lifestyle was marked by gratitude. Help us to that end, Lord. We avail ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.